Choosing a veterinary or veterinary technician school can be a challenge, especially with so many choices today. Online, in person, you name it, you can do it. But what is the best choice for you? This week, we're going to talk about choosing a professional school on the Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine and choosing a school. Whether or not you're a veterinarian or a veterinary technician want to be is a very important decision. And today you've got more choices than ever before, including online options that really now start to rival those of in-person. So we want to talk about all of the things that you should consider when you're choosing a professional school. But before we get into that very important discussion, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, you know, we keep talking about the veterinary workforce shortage, and that leads us right back to the schools, right? So if we can put more people in schools to graduate and get credentialed, then we can solve some of these problems. And I think too often we just say we need more or do different or whatever, but we don't actually talk about what's happening in education. And, and Becky, there's been a lot of changes the past few years. I think there has been a whole lot of changes. We've touched on some of them, like when the two and two programs came right. out, we uh, we spotlighted on those immediately. You know, there's been this mid-level practitioner discussion we've kind of honed in yeah. on, but I don't think we've ever gone back to the basics. And, you know, similar to, I think, about how clients bring in poop for heartworm tests and we realize how much of the foundation they might not have you got an email that made us kind of realize maybe people don't have as much of the foundation of going to school as we maybe thought they would. Yeah. So viewfinders, I'll share with you, you know, this is one of those random kind of Facebook messages. I'm sure you get them. It's like somebody you kind of knew in high school and they found out you're a vet and they then message you, you know, 30 years later or whatever the case may be. And so I received one of these rando things. And it basically the, the story was my uh, son recently graduated from college. Unfortunately, he didn't get into any of the schools that he wanted to, but he then applied to an out-of-the-country school, and we'll leave it at that, and he was uh, accepted. However, you know, we don't know if that's the right choice. What do you recommend? And so I responded, Becky. I said, hey, it's a really important decision that your son is making. I'm glad that you're looking at other options. And I and I then kind of went through a quick back and forth, and it became very apparent they didn't understand the differences between, like, veterinary schools. In fact, they didn't understand that maybe going to one of these out-of-the-United-States schools would cost them 300 or more thousand dollars. And so, like you said, sometimes they, like, drop the poop or the pee off, and they're like, I don't know, is it just normal or <laughs> what? So I think it really charged us to say, maybe we should revisit like what makes a good veterinary school or veterinary technician school. And, and more importantly, with today's technology, Becky, it's not like you go sit in a classroom anymore. In fact, we're going to talk about some of my experiences over the years with having vet techs use some of these distance learning programs. But Becky, that's kind of what kicked off the conversation. But now I want you to kind of put that in the context of, you know, veterinary technicians, because it's a different issue, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Well, for technicians, it's it's I guess it's similar in the sense that we've got options, private colleges and public colleges. And those that's where the real difference lies. Right. And right. that's what we've got to help people understand, because there is a lot of appeal to private colleges, but they come with a price. And there is a lot of appeal to state or to community college, and they have a generally a lesser price tag, um, but they may not be as convenient. They may not be as flexible. And what we know is 
The veterinary industry is facing what people continually say is a crisis. So getting more education out there is is so important, but like, let's not just go into it blindly. Right. And, and one of the things to viewfinders that I think we've made abundantly clear, our opinion is that we need more veterinary professionals. We need more veterinary technicians who are licensed and credentials because credential, because we know that the veterinarian is an important part of this, but the reality is we need more support staff because we aren't act, we aren't really efficiently delivering veterinary medicine. And so if you look sort of at the human medical model, you'll see, oh, wow, there's like one doctor and a whole bunch of nursing staff. And I think we've got to move towards that uh, for sure. Now, if I think about this too, Becky, I think there's a lot of veterinary technicians that could be, right? So credentialed, licensed could be's out there. So let's say I can just speak from my own experience. I hired a lot of people that came from something else, right? So they worked at a bank, they worked at a retail, they they worked at a whatever, right? They were biologists. And so suddenly they became disillusioned with that. They came over and started working in vet medicine. And after a couple of years, they're like, oh my gosh, this is it. And yet they're at a part of, they're in a, a place in their life, Becky, where suddenly they can't just like quit their job and go back to school. And that's one of the things that excited me so much about sort of these distance learning programs, because I think there's a whole large population of people working in vets, vet clinics right now that if we could give them an on-ramp to get credentialed and licensed, that we could maybe do that. You, you see where I'm going with that, Becky? I mean, I think that we've got this big untapped potential within the profession that we've got to get them up to speed and get them licensed. As a matter of fact, I do. Uh, and, and, you know, to be fair, this is an opportunity for me to shamelessly plug my new program um, with Guernic Academy of Medical Arts. We're based out of California and accredited for students across California, but we're an online program and we'll be accredited in multiple states before too long. I think what people don't realize is how difficult it can be for online programs that they do have to get accredited in every single state. But like, these programs are up and coming and they're going to be the option for, like you said, professionals who are in the clinic who want to get credentialed, but they need the flexibility. They, they just can't go right. to school from nine to four and, and then, and then only work emergency and on the weekends. It's just not an option for so many students, but they really want it. And, and I think access to education is like, a, it should be an American right. Like how can we get what they want, what they're seeking in front of them, but also without compromising quality. And I think that's where personally my program, right, because I got right. to design it, really stands out. We have got some of uh, industry leaders working with our, our program on the advisory board. And um, I was able to really craft a program that I think is is basically world-class. That's my opinion. There's no science behind that uh, yet. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it it's... I did this. I got behind this for that very reason. My profession needs a lot of amazing technicians, but there are a lot of amazing assistants out there who, who need to be elevated and who need the flexibility. And that's what we're aiming for. And, and I think that's, they're looking for that on the veterinary side, right? Some of the two and two programs and how can we, how can we make this education more accessible to meet the need? But again, the quality can't be compromised. Right. And the other thing too, that's important part of this equation to me, Becky, is again, just the, the economics of it, right? Because like, 
on the veterinary side, you do have more earning potential, right? So I, I get where people go into debt for that, although I think that sometimes $300,000 seems a bit excessive and I'd really have to crunch the numbers carefully for a lot of those folks. But you know, getting back to vet techs, if they're already in a job, a full-time position they really love, it, it may not make a lot of good economic sense for them to quit that job, go to school somewhere, take two or three years or whatever. That's why I think, you know, like your program at Guernick and others, that's really solving that problem because they get to work, they get yeah. experience, and, and then they get to get credentialed. And, and I want to get back to why I think this is so important for the clinic. But, but Becky, what about the economics of it? I mean, I know that you mentioned private is going to be more expensive than public. I get all that. But, you know, it still seems like it's a great value. Oh, 100%. Now, again, I like to brag because I personally think for a private college, I know that my program comes with a price tag. And that's, you know, part of yeah. an education. But I also know that we have a lot of bang for our buck. So um, if I get to brag, you know, my program, we include our textbooks in the price oh. of the tuition. Students pay only $25. And I think I have 38 books on our book list. Wow. And they pay $25 for each ebook. And that's all they pay through. We also wrap up everything we can in our tuition, including um, a one-time shot at the VTE. So your first attempt is paid for. Your um tools. Like we have this entire kit that we send our students when they come on board that includes um, models so that, you know, we can reduce the live animal usage. I don't want to like, you know, spoil all the fun for our students, but it could be venipuncture models. It could be skin suture wow. models. There could be an entire microscope in there for them. I don't know. You'll have to come and find <laughs> out more, you know, and that was part of what I found so appealing about my program was I just said, well, for for this type of learning and to do it online and to do it quality, we're going to need to do this, this, and this. We're going to need to give our students X, Y, and Z. And they said, yes. Okay, great. Let's do it. So I was able to build a program that I think will graduate students who are prepared to take the VT&E and pass it. And I think when we look at the price tag, it doesn't matter what you pay if you're not prepared to enter the field and you're not prepared to pass your exam, whether you threw away $5,000 or $500,000, you wasted it. Yeah, you have point. to know that you're going to have a, a program that cares about you, that sees you as an individual student, that treats you and and your, your course. Like I want my students to come out feeling like they're associated with an alma mater, that they graduated from Guernick and, and they had a school experience, not just like, well, I passed through the gates of this college in order to get to this, this different place. Um, I want this to be part of their journey. So I think no matter what you're looking for in a college, you know, you want to make sure that you're going to have that experience, that you're going to get the tools you need to be successful. Because unfortunately, not every program, vet tech or veterinary offer, I don't want to say offers that, but I, I have seen some less than yeah, um, yeah. great outcomes. Right, right. And, I, and I'll tell you too, viewfinders, if, if you're a manager or owner listening today and you know, you go, okay, I get it, but it's a lot of money. And, and really, what, what's the advantage to me? I've done this, you know, these types of programs with many staff over the years, over my 30 years. I mean, this was something we really pushed our, you know, especially those those team members that, that sort of showed an interest and aptitude for. And, and what we found was, Becky, and I'm sure you can tell us stories like this all day long. The fact is, when they were learning something, whether it was about, you know, cardiac arrhythmias or, or you know, renal, renal function, right? Whatever it was they were learning about, they were sharing that with the entire team, like at lunch breaks, right? During surgery preps, whatever. They're like talking about what they're learning. And what I found was it elevated the entire team. So if you're sitting there going, I don't know if it's a great value, number one, 
it's a great value because that individual is going to take it to the next level, which will allow you to produce more revenue. You'll be able to expand services, you know, become more efficient, yada, yada. But at the same time, you're also inspiring your team. And I think, Becky, that was sort of that 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 hidden benefit that I never really recognized. It's like, wow, there's a lot of intangibles with these programs that, you know, suddenly the whole team is like getting behind it. And, and I, and I, again, I saw enough people do this and I saw enough impact on my team that I always felt like I don't really, well, I do care what the cost is, but you know, as long as it's reasonable, you know, I was like, wow, this is a great value for me. And most of those uh, people that we got through their RVT programs, got licensed, you know, Becky, I'm proud to say they wound up, you know, they are now in leadership positions around the country, many of them in corporate uh, world. And that that makes me really proud also. Yeah, let me get ready to monologue at you over that one. Because <laughs> backing up to what you've said in the beginning is like, if you literally do not see a reason to invest in, in your outstanding <laughs> employees, like, could you please, could you please just call me real quick so we can talk? I got things to say. I'm not going to make the choir listen to me preach, but whoa. Right. And and I guess that's exactly it. Like, and, and, and maybe you don't realize that you're, you've got that way of thinking, but maybe check yourself real quick and just say like, do I really feel that? Because honestly, investing in them as education, regardless of the fact that this is going to affect your bottom line in a very positive way, that they're going to bring income to your clinic, you're investing in one of your employees, you're showing them you care, and you're providing education, which is like, right. honestly, I think the most valuable thing we can provide. When I have seen this happen in clinic, when I have seen managers and owners send people to school, number one, that person, like they carry themselves differently. Yep. They feel very proud that they have been selected, that they've been recognized, that they're smart and, and have potential and could go to school. Um, so number one, it affects them emotionally and mentally extremely. Number two, like you said, you learn by teaching. So when our students are going back into the clinic and showing other people things, I'm going to like shout out Heather Sadari here because I cannot read an ECG to, to save. I want to say save my <laughs> life, but I should say save my patients' lives. Um, I just get them all confused in my head. Like I know what it is, but I can't, like, I can I can know that's a thing, but I got to go find what it is. <laughs> and whenever I go listen to Heather Sadari, I come back into the clinic and I'm like, staring at ECG, ready to name all the things. Cause I feel confident and I feel good to go. And then I get excited about seeing them. I get excited yeah. about being yeah. a know-it-all and showing everybody like, look, this is what this is. And this could be associated with surgery. This could be anesthesia, but this could also be this. And I cause all kinds of more work for my clinic by identifying all the things I'm learning, which is amazing. Right? So I, I, I agree a hundred percent with what you said. And then we invest in teaching and also inspiring the next generation to learn and the next generation to elevate. And by that, you're also solidifying and investing in your profession, right? Because if you are one of those veterinarians who call your veterinary assistance technicians, regardless of their credential, allow them to do whatever they want with whatever level of supervision. If, you know, the practice act is kind of slippery slope for you, like literally we're coming for you. We are all working very hard to make sure that you are required to have a credential. We're working hard to make sure veterinarians are held responsible for the actions of their assistants because yeah. it, currently assistants don't have responsibility right. to be answered to in the boards. We are coming for you. We are coming for those laws. Um, so now is the time to invest because it, it's it's not going to be the luxury you get forever. And please know 
it's not a luxury for those employees. It's a luxury for you. Right. Okay. So Becky, right now, who? so somebody listening today, they're already working in a clinic or, or maybe they're a, a student somewhere and they're listening to our podcast. Who, who, who does this work? Who does Gurnick work for? Like these, these types of distance program, like who, who would benefit the most? Who do you think you should be the ones, you know, saying, look, you should try this. This could really help you. Uh, okay. So first of all, everybody, when I talk to, it's funny because I, when I'm on these administrative calls, Gurnick Academy of Medical Arts is, is been around for a while and they're credentialed in, in multiple states or accredited in multiple states, but they've all been human side. So we do uh, x-ray technician, we have MRI, we have nursing. So we have all these really great human allied health. And so here I am coming in as the veterinary folks, you know, like mud on my boots and a, and a like, dirty sense of humor. And I'm like, Hey guys, I'm Becky. And, um, everybody wants to take the program. Whenever I'm talking about it, people are like, I want to take this so much. I want to come be a part of your program because people love animals. So that being said, I really think the most successful students in online programs are going to be those that do have some hands-on experience, those that are working as assistants, or I always tease like, you know, the person that was born in the surgery suite and then, you know, was raised in a kennel run because they were, you know, as soon as they started to lock, walk, they had to be locked up. We all had them raised our kids right. in the clinics. You know, if you have some level of understanding of what you're getting into, um, that's the ideal student because we want folks who are going to be ready after one semester of didactic learning to go and start working on their externships and working on their clinicals because, Online programs have to enhance the skills portion by being in clinic. Right. And we've got a great partnership with Banfield Hospitals, and we've um, working with some other clinics across California to make sure our students are ready. But I think having some base understanding of what you're getting into will make you the most successful in an online program. And to some extent, I think that that is the case for any seated program, any online program. Most of the time, you've got to have some level of experience before they'll even consider your application. I know that's the same for a lot of vet schools because- right. There's so much to this profession people don't necessarily understand emotionally, physically, mentally. Um, and to avoid that the attrition rates and for people wasting their own time and money, um, knowing what you're getting into makes a big difference, I think, across the veterinary field. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, that's for sure. But getting back to this, you know, I know that back in the day, we, we and we went through several different programs. I don't want to get into to that kind of mudslinging. And, and we found sure. some were better than others. And uh, but but one of the common complaints that not only did, did my text say, but I heard from lots of people around the country is, you know, OK, it was so self-directed. They didn't feel they had any support. Right. I mean, Tell yeah. me how Gurnick is different because, you know, that's the old model. And I don't think the technology existed, you know, even a decade ago. But explain how things have changed because I think a lot of people are sometimes intimidated by these programs. They go, I don't know if I'm that self-driven, motivated, directed, right? You know, like I need somebody to make me do things occasionally. Like how does Gurnick fill that gap? Yeah, that you know, I think that it, online learning is not for everybody. Just like working online was not for everybody. But COVID really changed People's, I think, resiliency and self-motivation and, and frankly, just reduce their options to say this is or isn't for me. I understand that online learning is not for everybody and it, it's um, it's going to be a give and take. Some students are going to really thrive. The asynchronous nature of the programs can really be helpful for students who um, want to kind of cover things at their own pace and dive and dig into things at their own pace. Sometimes you know, a classroom environment is is great, but it can also be overwhelming. We've got a lot of shy folks in our in our space who maybe don't want to speak up. 
So I know the online environment kind of creates, I think, a little bit more intimate exchange when needed. But my instructors and myself, you know, we have to work twice as hard to, to ensure that our students are engaged. And like you said, the technology, I wish I had some of this software when I was in school because, yeah. you know, now there is so much amazing software that that offers, you know, um, deep dives, 3D imagery, um, and a lot of really interactive and engaging learning on top of the, you know, skill set that's being taught in clinic while you're working through so, you know, you're right. It's like, I know I, so I've done my entire undergrad and I'm halfway-ish through my graduate degree and it's all been online. And I've had instructors who have made it really fun and engaging. And I've had others who are like, here's the chapter, do a discussion, <laughs> respond to two posts. And, and we're going to call this graduate level education. It's really disappointing. So I think also to your point, when you're looking at programs, you need to know what's involved. One thing I love about Gurnick specifically is our class ratios stay really small. We stay around 25 or less per, you know, class. So we're not here to have thousands of thousands of students on an assembly line. You're going to have a class that you work through, graduate with, um, that moves through together. And we've got clinical coordinators and a tight staff team that really kind of, the accountability is there. I mean, you have to do what you ha are told to do, you, you we aren't overwhelmed with students in a way that you're going to slip through the cracks like we're watching. Um, and that's frankly because if you deep dive into Gurnick Academy's, um, their outcomes, I have huge, huge shoes to, to be walking with here. And my student outcomes are basically reflective of my ability to run the program. <laughs> so selfishly, this can't be a lax, you know, program where you don't you have accountability and you don't have a team working with you because you're not going to have the outcomes we want you to have. And I'm, I'm not here to take your money. I'm here to provide you education. Yeah. And I think the support has really changed dramatically. Yeah. One, one other issue too, that's been a criticism in general of the vet tech programs, many of the vet tech programs across the country is the fact that it's kind of this unique degree, if you will. I mean, it kind of, you know, many people have described it as a dead end degree because it's not, doesn't allow you to, to go back and take those educational credits and apply them to a master's program or whatever. Becky, I know that you've personally encountered some of that. Maybe, maybe talk about what you've done to solve that issue as well, because I personally have also encountered that with some of my vet techs over the years. Oh, yeah, this was such a hot spot. And, and, you know, I'm not like mad about it, but it was something I didn't know when I got my associate's degree. Nobody talked to me about the fact that I was getting an associate it's an applied science. Right. And so what that meant was if I wanted to move on with my degree, I would have to go basically all the way back and get the rest of the math and science and, yeah. and um, you know, electives that I would need to have a full-on associates in science that could then be the stepping stone that I need to enter into university, go to um, earn my bachelor's. Now, caveat that, of course, we have some really great bachelor programs um, and now working towards some master programs in veterinary medical technology that will likely transfer no problem. I, I can't speak for those programs. But with an AAS, traditionally, you can't just go to university and move on to your undergrad right. degree. And I was so frustrated when that happened to me because they told me I basically like 70 hours I had to go back and do. And that felt like forever. I did end up getting an interdisciplinary degree that took a lot of my vet courses into consideration and experience. So I could, um, and actually ended up really enjoying the flexibility of that degree. 
But so Guernic Academy students in the veterinary medical technology program will graduate with an associate's in science. So they have a more readily transferable degree to university yeah. or to other levels. And they've gotten um, some more of that supplemental. They've got the humanities and, and social science electives that they need to transfer in without having to go all the way back. And, and that's really important to me because higher education is also something that is going to be up and coming and important in the veterinary field, in my opinion. As we see nursing, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you almost have to have the BSN anymore. I think we're going to get to a point where bachelor degrees, hopefully, are um, more highly regarded, similarly, you know, as VTSs are for that higher level education. I think I'm personally just like a lifelong learner. And I think there's a lot of us in the industry that will say, I'm happy to work in a hospital, but I just am a lifelong learner. I want to get my MBA. Right, right. But knowing that what you're working toward today will help you tomorrow, I think is a huge factor. Yeah. And so again, if you're choosing a program for yourself, this is something to consider because where, where I have personally seen this is just like Becky said, I've had techs who, you know, at one point in their life said, I only want to work in a clinic, right? And then yeah. suddenly things changed. And like Becky said, sudden they were, they wanted to work in the corporate world or whatever. And they went back and they go, oh my gosh, uh, no, you don't have any credits. You can't, you don't have a BS. You can't even start an MBA. Well, what a good point, right? Because when we look at the attrition in our programs or like in our profession, some of it is because it is a little bit of a dead end for them, right? Because they're like, well, I would love to go on and be a sales rep. I don't have my right. bachelor's degree. Right. If you want to come teach in my program, you have to have a bachelor's degree because you have to have a degree higher than what you're issuing. So, I mean, I think that for a lot of individuals, it could keep us from some of the attrition that we're seeing in our own profession when we kind of begin with the end in mind, so to say, and think about where we're going to go with this degree. And as managers and practice owners, when we're helping them choose a program, I think what is your long-term goals need to be considered? Yeah. Okay. So finally, as we we kind of finish this conversation about how to choose the best program for you, if you're, you know, inclined, (laughs) of course, Becky, (laughs) but, um, but I I do want to get into the cost because, uh, a, if you're an owner or manager, I think this is something that you should consider as a benefit to these people. That's how we played the game. We then just asked them to, they, they had a contract as good as that might be. I'm not a lawyer, but we did have our lawyer draw it up and they had to work for us for a period of time afterward, or they had to pay us back for the education. And apparently this is more common in industry than you might think. But Becky, you know, again, a lot of people, a lot of managers and owners that are listening, they're going to be like, well, what's the bottom line? How much is it going to cost? And again, I think that it's a value, but but tell us, I mean, are there scholarships available? How much does it cost? Do you pay by the month, by the quarter? I mean, how does this whole thing work from a financial standpoint? Yeah, I think, well, you know, I love the opportunity to <laughs> to, to plug my program and talk about it. And I love that. Honestly, we have opportunities for financial aid. I was thinking about when you were talking about some of the schools that are private and two fifty, three hundred thousand dollars dollars $300,000. Yeah. And, you know, there are some folks out there who are set up for school that way. There are some folks who have saved their whole life. There are some folks who, um, like for the GI Bill, for example, you get the luxury of, of choosing your school up to a certain extent and having the money to pay wherever you want to go. And that's a real advantage for folks moving into private programs. I forgot to mention that when you were talking earlier about sending your team, I'm like, now you have a, a quote unquote guaranteed employee, right? Like you right, have right. a pretty good chance that in this day and age of being really shorthanded and like, how can I, how can I make sure my staff is happy and doesn't go anywhere? 
you've got this person now contracted to work for you three, five years, whatever it is right. to, to quote unquote earn back their education. So that seems like a no brainer to me and for the employee, right? Like that makes a lot of sense. Um, so for us being a private college, it is a, it is more costly than the state schools. And again, we try to keep everything we can wrapped up in it, but financially it is an option, a GI bill. We work with the VA and, um, you know, we work with our students. We have a, a great financial aid department to try to help find what resources there are. And I think that's another really important thing for all of our assistants and, and technicians out there to know is like, it takes a little bit of homework, but there is resources. There are, like you hear these terrible things about the FAFSA application and it's so awful. It's it's not that bad when you're talking about money that's going to help you get through college. And being financially smart is very important about your education. Like I think for, for a, a lot of veterinarians, when we see this like burnout, the idea that you would take on student loans to the extent you're paying them through your entire career, and maybe you graduate and don't even realize that, it really scares me. So I think being really yeah. financially smart is, is, is pretty essential. Our program is a two-year program. Again, it's an associate's degree, and it'll run them about $30,000 for the two-year associates. And I think when you consider everything that's included in that, um, it's, it is a lot more than a, a, most of the community colleges, but personally feel like you, you between the flexibility, the autonomy, and what we're able to provide, you get a lot of, of bang for your buck there. Whether you come to me or wherever you go, or if it's vet school, pay attention to that bottom line because it can make a big difference. And unfortunately, even though all these schools are accredited, they are, they are not all built the same. Right. Right. So, so again, as we wrap up today, Becky, where can people go to find out more? Like, you know, I know we'll include all, all the links that you'll send us in the show notes, but I mean, I think if you're out there considering advancing your degree, getting licensed credentialed, this is an interesting option. You at least need to, I think, consider it. So where can they go? Yeah, come look at my program. Now, to be fair, we'll also put up all of the AVMA accredited vet tech programs because, you know, I think just knowing your options is yeah. great as well as the veterinary programs. But for my program, you can check out Gurnick Academy, G-U-R-N-I-C-K dot E-D-U backslash programs. You'll find the AS in veterinary medical technology under there and you can Click for more info. You can uh, reach out to me as well. Um, and honestly, just share your thoughts with me. I, I want to know how to make this the very best, very most appealing program as it is, because I have a responsibility to my profession to, to put out great technicians. And so um, we're excited to bring something a little different and um, really outstanding to, you know, to the profession. Yeah. And I want to tell you, viewfinders, uh, just having watched Becky go through this the past couple of years, uh, it is, it's remarkable. Number one, it's a tremendous uh, undertaking. Like the amount of work she's put into this is, is really overwhelming and you should be uh, commended for that, Becky. But on top of that, her heart has been in the right place the entire time. Almost every conversation around this was, what does the, the profession need? Like, how can I help the profession? So I think that coming from that place really makes her program unique. And that's why we wanted to talk about it today, because I think with so many choices, this next generation of vet tech schools in particular, and, you know, we'll, we will be talking about veterinary schools in the future as well. But I think it's something that you need to be aware. It's really changed. And so if a few years ago you looked at it and you go, ah, I don't think it's for me, you probably should take a look at it again, because as Becky said, 
this train is not slowing down. The demand for licensed credentialed veterinary technicians is only going to increase. We're going to see increased regulation and scrutiny around this. The public is demanding it. So I think it's time to really look at what your options are and maybe try to get some of your staff involved as soon as possible. So what do you think, viewfinders? Let us know. Hit us up on socials. How do they hit us up on socials, Becky? You know where to find us. You can reach out to us on Facebook and Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder. Uh, tweet over at Dr. Ernie at Vet Viewfinder and send us an email. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, veterinaryviewfinder yes. at gmail.com. And most importantly, go over to Apple Podcasts. Links are always in the show notes and just click on five stars. Leave us a note if you want. Otherwise, just hit us that. That's how we get out to other people interested in these topics. So again, on behalf of Becky and me, check it out. Great talking to you. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.